Welcome to Plugged In, post-media podcast taking you down Canada's electric vehicle highway. I'm your host, Andrew McCready. A good indication of how the EV revolution is unfolding, particularly here in North America, is the chatter we're hearing around all electric pickup trucks. Tesla, as usual, has made the most noise with its angular and radical Cybertruck, but at least two of the big three have announced plans to have EV pickups for sale in Canada by 2022. And there are a handful of others, some legitimate players and some a little more questionable, which have down payment plans in place and videos of their boxy creations making the rounds. To shed some light on this burgeoning EV segment, we're joined today by our good friend Ken Bocor, the Toronto-based host of the EV Revolution show on YouTube and one of the country's leading experts on electric vehicles. It's great to have you back on the show, Ken. Thank you very much for having me. This is a three-peat. I'm honored. You are. You're, uh, you're, you're, you're back for season three. You haven't been canceled. So uh, I think um, depending on how this show goes, I'm sure we'll have you back for season four. Well, thank you very much. It's always a pleasure to be on your show. Thank you. We're talking electric uh, pickup trucks today. And we, when we think of electric vehicles, pickup trucks don't necessarily leap to mind. But I think in the public conscious, it was raised exponentially thanks to who else but Tesla when they did their Cybertruck uh, unveil a little while ago. Yes, absolutely. Um, which, to be honest with you, the first 10 minutes, I thought it was a joke until <laughs> until they kept going. And then I'm going, this is real. But you know, you're absolutely right. I mean, pickup trucks is a market that everybody should look at for electrification. I think you know probably better than I do, uh, Andrew, that um, that's a very lucrative marketplace. It's the, the biggest uh, percentage of auto sales now are in the SUV pickup truck space, high margin vehicles. OEMs love to build them. People love to buy them and they push them very hard. So it makes sense to take that investment in electrification that OEMs need to do and put it into those higher margin products and start coming out with those first. Uh, before they really uh, spread their their knowledge and technology into the other areas. So it, it is a big market and very lucrative one to go after. Yeah, it does make sense. And that's a great segue into the first of the uh, pickup trucks we're going to talk about. And that's the, the best-selling vehicle in Canada, perennial bestseller, it seems, is the Ford F-150. Not just in Canada, by the way, worldwide. Uh, at least 2019 numbers, it was the number one selling vehicle worldwide when they think about a million seven or something like that units the majority of them being in north america however you know it's not hard to see f-150s and other versions in other countries yeah very smart for ford to jump on that and to finally acknowledge that there needs to be electrification in their most popular brand again it's going to be good money for them if they can get to there so this seems to be um obviously the 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 well-known uh, mustang mach e is going to be ford's first uh all-electric high production vehicle they bring to market coming very soon. Um, what, what, what do we know about the F-150? I mean, when is it coming? What's it, what's it going to be all about? What do we know? seems like the, the magical 2020 is going to be pushed to the 2022-2023 realm for a lot more uh, of models coming out, specifically in the pickup trucks. And that's kind of where Ford lands. Uh, they do target this as a mid-2022 uh, uh, selling vehicle to hit the street. Again, taking their already uh, award-winning, and I'll say that because they do win lots of awards and they have good sales, taking their chassis, which again is a body-on-frame methodology, and electrifying it. We don't have a lot of specs as far as the size of the battery and uh, torque and RPM and, and all that kind of stuff that we like to see. But needless to say, um, when you do electrify a vehicle, it's going to have torque, as you know, Andrew, instant torque. 
I, I can't see them coming out with anything less than 300 miles uh, from a range. Uh, so that would be, I forgot to do the, the conversion, 400 something kilometers, something like that. Right. So I can't, I can't see them coming out with that or maybe a very base model. It, it's well expected to start in the sub $100,000 US price range. However, I, I think most people don't expect it to really come close to matching Tesla's base price for the Cybertruck, and we'll get to them later on, of, uh, of around 40000 U.S. or less. Um, so that's kind of what we know. Uh, hopefully, you saw and uh, maybe many listeners saw the video, promotional video they came out with back in the summer, I believe, when they were pulling uh, a million pounds of train cars on rails. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which was a great marketing stunt. I, I love those kind of things. You know, um, it's like evil can evil. You know, jump the Grand Canyon or something. Those kind of days, right? Um, so it was, it, you know, it, and it just again shows the capabilities of, tic- of pickup trucks because of the torque, uh, because of the power distribution. So it certainly will be a very versatile truck. And Ford is all about the versatility, right? That that body on frame. They have their one fifty, their two fifty, three fifty, four fifty lines. Uh, I mean, the main thing about that people buy pickup trucks is for the usability. They buy them for payloads, and you know Ford has current payloads anywhere from thirty-two hundred to seventy-three hundred pounds. They can tow anywhere from eleven thousand to uh, what's the highest number I found? Thirty-seven thousand pounds in a fifth-wheel configuration. So, you know, the versatility is really what makes this uh, big for the marketplace. Yeah, and also when you think of kind of like a battery EV platform on a vehicle it's all about being flat on the floor and um, when you kind of think of a pickup truck that's kind of the design it's got a big bed it's got the cab so i mean when you think about it obviously it's it it gets maybe cost prohibitive but you could put a lot of batteries in one of those things yeah you certainly could you know you have a larger frame to be able to build upon a larger chassis to, to put those batteries to the floor underneath the bed typically as you know uh, battery packs are between the axles to give that low center of gravity. So certainly there's a nice platform that Ford could add a lot of batteries to. Now on that note, there was a recent article that just came out about uh, some patents that Ford was doing in that uh, are looking to maybe put a gas engine on this as well and make a plug-in hybrid electric version, uh, which was interesting. Right. Uh, I don't know if you saw anything about well, that. Well, you know, uh, Ken, it was on driving.ca. So of course I saw it. There you go. Maybe that's where I got it from. I read so many articles. Right. So it was, oh, yeah, it was interesting concept. Yeah. So essentially what that is, is, is a, uh, a patent for something that would look like a toolbox in the back of the bed. Um, but in fact, that would be like a little Ranger extended gas motor um, vis-a-vis the i3, the BMW i3, where it would charge the batteries and then shut off when the batteries were. So it's an extender of sorts. I mean, you know, when we see these kind of things, you just kind of realize the potential of all these technologies coming together. Yeah, you know, and that's a great stepping stone to get people into the electrified landscape. You know, I hear that from people today about, well, you know, uh, it's a cold climate. I'm out in the rural areas. I don't have access to charging in a lot of cases. I, you know, I do a lot of uh, distance driving. I have a lot of snow, especially from the prairie states, a prairie province, excuse me. So this would be a great element to probably get those people involved in electrification saying, you know what? Great. You know, it comes with 300 miles, 400 kilometers of range. But when you get low, you've got this engine here with maybe, you know, 20, 30 liters of gas to do another couple hundred kilometers and to get them through the range anxiety that they may feel. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, okay. So next up we'll talk about, um, well, a vehicle that's I won't say it's an ironic choice for General Motors, but because it is synonymous with the gas guzzler, uh, but that's the Hummer, and this is the GMC Hummer EV SUT. So, what do we know about that one? 
Yeah, it's you're absolutely right. You know, I don't see Arnold Schwarzenegger doing any commercials yet for this, but uh, I'm sure I'm sure they'll grab him when it comes out. Again, they're they're seeing the value in electrifying the pickup truck. I'm really hoping they get the Sierra or those lines electrified. But they, you're right, they've come out with the Hummer. Um, talking, they've been talking about this for a little bit. Um, you know, they've they've got these things like crab steer, uh, which is kind of neat, where the wheels turn together to give you that kind of zigzag movement. I'm not sure what you'd use that for, maybe trying to get out of a ditch or something. Uh, but certainly something that should have somewhere in the area of a thousand horsepower. Uh, producing uh, over 11,000 pound-feet of torque, what some of the early specs are saying, and 0 to 60 in 3 seconds. So again, you know, dual motor, multiple motor configurations, electrical motors. Um, Roominess, we know how big these things are. Um, definitely the capability to tow and carry significant payloads with those kinds of numbers. It uh, doesn't look like we're going to see any production until the fall or the latter half of 2021. And of course, with covid playing havoc with all the you know the timelines that could even go further and from a price point there's no details yet however it does probably going to factor into the 80 to 100 thousand dollar us range um that might be hopefully we can get that down into into the canadian price point uh however they are going to do a big game reveal apparently at the first game of the uh, major league baseball world series on October 20th, they're going to run some commercials. They bought a bunch of advertising space to uh, premiere this. I mean, one thing we can say about pricing is, you know, these prices sound outlandish when we're talking EVs. I mean, maybe not in the Tesla and the Porsche and the Audi range, but certainly when the Leaf or, or whatever. But when you kind of look at some of these big loaded up pickup trucks, I mean, you know, they might be a pickup truck, but inside they're a luxury vehicle. A lot of people are paying seventy to $100,000 for these trucks now. Absolutely are. Uh, it's not uncommon to to get an F two fifty configuration well into that price point three fifty. So, you know that is kind of an average price point. They're not coming in off the line at twenty five thousand dollars. Right, and the Hummer is is they're thinking twenty twenty two for that also, and, and a range of Correct. I've heard up to four hundred miles, which is quite a range. Um, but again, it it's still kind of not confirmed. Yeah, and I would agree with that again because you have that big platform, you have that ability to put more battery packs in there. Um, you know, I believe they're using uh, GM's Altium platform. That's going to be another one that's going to use that, which they're developing themselves in conjunction with LG for the cells, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it may even have an 800 volt architecture as well, which again will give it faster charging times, uh, bigger throughput to be able to to provide power in and power out. Okay. Well, that's the Hummer. So um, no discussion about EVs is complete without Tesla motors. Um, and in typical fashion, its entry into the pickup truck space was very bold and brash. As they, as the saying goes, the Cybertruck has as many angles as Elon Musk. So um, what what do we know about the, the Cybertruck? There's probably of all the trucks, we've, we have probably the most information on this one. We do. Tesla's been very forthcoming. They did a nice splash again, which I said earlier, which I wasn't sure if it was real until we really got into it. But, you know, it's just they're taking their design. They're taking it differently. Elon's trying to, to jazz up the marketplace. And what he's done, again, is, is light a, uh, shine a light on that marketplace so people take notice of it. One of the things they're doing with the Cybertruck is a little bit different than the traditional route is where they're doing a um, they're not doing the, the chassis on body uh, design. Um, or frame on, on body design, they're doing a unibody, um, and that is partially for cost savings, right? They want to be able to bring the price point down on this, and you know, I believe, 
uh, in your coverage of the Honda Ridgeline, which is one of the unibody pickup trucks out there. Uh, there is a cost savings that can be built in the manufacturing of these vehicles using that approach. So it has that uh, that ability. Uh, I believe they're talking about some sort of aluminum or stainless steel on an exterior, very futuristic looking, but it's going to be quite capable, you know, uh, somewhere uh, in the area of uh, being able to tow up to 14,000 pounds. Um, they have this 500 plus mile range they're talking about. So well over 600 kilometers, uh, even in 700 kilometer range for the fully loaded model and a price point that could start below $40,000 US. So yeah, so that what they've come out with where they're pricing is I guess three ranges, a single motor, a dual motor and a tri-motor um, and, and mm-hmm. the pricing between, as you say, 39.9, uh, the dual 49.9 and the tri 69.9. So um Mm-hmm. Something I think that you'll probably see the other manufacturers come out with too, but in the beginning, I think they'll come out with the kind of big ones that have the big numbers just to get people's attention. Absolutely. I mean, looks aside, you know, it, it'll be a very capable pickup truck series with those type of metrics. Um, you know, I mentioned towing payload up to 3,500 pounds. It has this neat type of uh, tonneau cover that you can roll down and you can actually, it's strong enough you can walk on it. So there are some features that they'll add to this. Um, it'll certainly be performing. They're talking about potentially sub uh, four second, even sub three second acceleration times, which is crazy. You know, when you're talking zero to 60 in 2.9 seconds. So lots of performance, lots of different capabilities, depending on the amount of motors that you put on that and very significant range. And we know, of course, one of the other secrets to Tesla uh, is their supercharging network. So it'll have fairly it'll have really fast charging capabilities uh and also it'll it'll also um uh allow it to uh, receive over-the-air updates and be something that will evolve over time and and also what's interesting about it is that it is probably going to attract people that would have never thought in a million years of buying a pickup truck (laughs) right i mean the guys who have trucks in f-150 that the ford 150 or even the hummer to some degree will appeal to them but the cyber truck i mean it's going to be you know suburbanites and things that probably buy it just because it looks cool and it's a tesla absolutely correct and there is a bit of that that we see already people in suburban that have a pickup truck that don't haul stuff they don't really need it but they go into that lull but this will certainly cater to that marketplace even more my my expectation of it was that I'm, i was really hoping they can go into more of a marketplace on that um, and be able to get into that customization. So you see a lot of pickup trucks that are used for various use cases, you know, welding, portable welding stations, uh, plumbing you know, tools, all this kind of stuff that they, that they could do, or maybe they might miss out on some of that market. Yeah, well, it's um, early days, first generation pickups. So I don't think those kind of things are far behind. Um, those are the, well, these three, I won't say are traditional, but, you know, Ford, GM, uh, Tesla, Let's wade into some more obscure brands that maybe some of our listeners might have heard of, but maybe don't know too much about. Um, the first one we'll talk about is Rivian. Um, I mean, they did, they did make news uh, because of um, a nice uh, a deal, an equity deal with Ford. Um, but their pickup truck is called the Rivian R1T. Um, we've heard about it for many years now, but it actually looks like it's coming to fruition. So uh, what do we know about this one? Yeah, you know, Rivian's been one of those companies that operated in stealth mode for quite some time, but then came out a couple of years ago. It really have been doing a lot of marketing. Uh, probably not a month goes by where you don't see a video or some pictures posted. Now they're not doing events, of course, but they were before. Uh, you know, again, a startup company, but with a nice idea. They've been doing a lot of back end engineering over the years, so they're bringing a very valid product to the marketplace. 
it's not going to be cheap. You know, it's going to be in the $70,000 U.S. range to start. Uh, that's the estimate with various configurations from 105 kilowatt hour battery packs to 180 uh, and upwards of $80,000, $81,000 uh, price points, but very capable. And these are your traditional, again, um, pickup trucks that have uh, all kinds of capabilities. One of the things I like about Rivian um, is that they, they really maximize uh, storage into the um, into the, the 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 machine where they have even these pass throughs that are underneath the, the front seats or the cab type of element. So they really put a lot of thought into their design, uh, and they were one of the first ones as well to come out with a motor per wheel configuration. And you know, think about it, Andrew. You have one electric motor per wheel. You got four wheels. You got your all wheel drive, but you can also do all this torque vectoring. You can really uh, electronically control that to such a degree where the thing can turn on a dime and they came up with something called tank steer if you think about a tank doing these spinning things um, it, it can do that too what do we know about uh, pricing and perhaps when we'll see the rivian r1t well as i mentioned price points anywhere from you know seventy thousand us upwards when is interesting. They are talking, they were hoping to get it out sooner, but because of COVID now they're pushing it out. They say late this year, but I have actually a couple of neighbors that have some reservations for these and, I'm, and they're not really seeing a lot of noise from Rivian on expected deliveries. They might crank out a couple, they might get a few out the doors by the end of this year, but we're only talking a couple months. So realistically, I believe it's going to be well into 2021. Which is still earlier than the other ones. So they might get a jump in that market. So should mm -hmm. be interesting to see. Okay. Another one that is kind of had some press, some of it bad recently is Nikola. Um, if, if you heard their CEO kind of got ousted, but yes, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about uh, a product they've been working on for some time. Um, and I love the name, the Nikola Badger. <laughs> Yeah, it's a cool, again, looking truck, very conventional looking, you know, a little bit of futuristic designs. I guess the key to Nikola is we'll have to see where where they end up because uh, one of the, the things that are kind of hinging if they make it to market or not is a deal that they're trying to get with General Motors, which again would be huge. I mean, we, we failed, forgot to mention Rivian's involvement uh, with, with major OEMs as well. They've got some backing uh, some orders from Amazon and things like this. So there's a lot of collusion going on in the marketplace as well with these with these startups and manufacturers and and same with Nikola and GM if that deal happens it's still being negotiated right now the last stuff that I've read so it's not closed but if that closes it'll be interesting to see where they get money from because this deal was for GM to acquire about 11% stake in Nikola which is about 2 billion bucks and then help them with a couple of payments uh, up to 700 million to help start building the pickup truck they would use their technology along with GM's uh, potentially the Altium battery system and even their hydrotech fuel cell technologies in some of their offerings. And the key to GM is that they get to keep the EV credits. And you know how much a value of EV credits are to manufacturers. If this thing hits the road, somewhere around US $60,000 as a price point, but that's an estimate. Um, oh, not a whole ton of specs, but definitely, you know, high outputs of almost a thousand horsepower, thousand found feet of uh, torque pound feet of torque, um, 600 mile range is potentially up to, so very large uh, ranges. And that's probably the fuel cell version because they will come out with one of those. I must say, I, I really like the idea of a fuel cell for a pickup truck. Um, uh, I had the, the um, a gentleman from the Canadian Hydrogen Association on a couple of episodes ago, and you know he didn't really talk too much about passenger vehicle um, adaptation of fuel cells, but certainly commercial vehicles, big trucks, 
But pickup trucks, I mean, especially on a fleet kind of situation where they're only doing maybe 300 kilometers a day out and running about, and then at home they've got a they've got a hydrogen um, fueling station or something. It just seems like it's it's such a great idea in the pickup space to um, incorporate fuel cells into them. Absolutely. And one of the other things I think listeners should take away from this marketplace is that these all will be, the ones that make it to market will be very capable. You know, I talked about Ford's tow ratings and payloads earlier on. These things will be able to compete with those type of metrics for people that want that, you know, buy pickup trucks to load them up with stuff, to tow trailers, fifth wheels, uh, all this kind of stuff for business and for pleasure. These things will be able to do that. I think one last point about fuel cells, hydrogen fueling, and I mean, this could be, um, you know, a bit of a, a, a marketing ploy and maybe not based on reality, but kind of how Tesla has incre- has made charging stations in their name. Nikola has announced plans to build 700 hydrogen charge or hydrogen fueling stations across North America. So that's pretty bold considering, you know, um, Shell's got about, you know, a handful in Canada at this point. So, um, you know, an interesting idea. So, uh, I, I think, I think Nicola and Rivian are, are ones that, that are, that are, that will happen. Um, but you've got a roundup of maybe, you know, a, a handful of other startups that, that are there, but we're not too sure about. Yeah, absolutely. And one last thing about Nikola is that they are, you know, they do have their class seven, class eight trucks as well approach from fuel cells. So they are still, they have another game to play. I don't think everything with them is with GM, but it's certainly significant in the pickup truck side. To round out a couple, some people, uh, listeners may have heard of Lordstown, Lordstown Motors, excuse me. Again, a startup that's coming out with a pickup truck capable, 7,500 pound towing capacity, 600 horsepower, all this kind of stuff, you know, your standard range. Again, they have an all wheel, uh, all electric drive, in wheel drive systems, similar to Rivian, where they have a motor on each wheel, some cool technologies. I believe there's a, there's discussions and there's a relationship with GM going on there as well. So we'll have to see. Uh, most of these guys, these startups are taking reservations. So I would encourage people to look before they leap when it comes to um, putting your money down on a reservation. But, you know, well, I think Lordstown has a good chance because of the, the synergy that they have with GM. Okay. And who else do you have there? Well, another one, uh, two left that I have on here. One of them is Bollinger. And I know that they've been around for a long time. So I'm a, I'm a little reluctant to talk too much about that. They've got impressive specs. Uh, they've done tons of car shows. They've marketed this stuff. It looks a little military-ish type of look, you know, very functional versus uh, a nicer, you know, space age design or something like that. So I don't know where they're at. Um, I, I would be a little reserved to to probably go too deep with those guys until they have something more to offer. Um, I believe they have, they do have a production prototype that they've been uh, showing at car shows and things like that. You might be able to add your two cents to this, Andrew. Well, uh, as I've written before, I mean, when I sur- first saw Bollinger um, set up at a car show, it was probably six years ago, and it was the shiny new object. I mean, it was incredible. And um, these guys talked a great game. Every year since, I mean, at the LA show last fall, you know, last uh, November I was there and there they were again. And I don't know if it was the same guys, but you know, same shirts they were wearing. And it just seems like they're still kind of pushing back production and asking for down payments. And I don't know, I won't say it's a stock play, but I just, I just get a sense that they're, they're, they just don't have the money to kind of take the thing to the finish line or even the starting line for that matter. 
Yeah, great observation. And you know, you and I aren't aren't analysts, so we're not trying to tell people what to buy or sell. But certainly, I would say there's a degree of caution around these guys, and uh, people should should understand that. And the last one is Atlas, and this is a company that I've haven't given a lot of time to because really, what they've only come out with up until recently are renderings, and I don't kind of really again hold that with a lot of substance until I see something more. But they do have now a working uh, XP platform. They're coming out again with their own skateboard design platform that you hear talked about in the ev world uh, this is a usa company so these will be built there they're they're talking about a starting point of about forty-five thousand us so that kind of is more in line with tesla's price point which could be attractive more traditionally looking pickup truck with some futuristic styling all-wheel drive four-wheel independent suspension all this kind of stuff now they do have a truck prototype um, and that's where they're working sorry they're working towards a truck prototype to be finished uh, by sometime in the first half of 2021, depending on COVID and funding. They have an aggressive funding campaign um, that they're looking at. Uh, you can contribute. Uh, they've already raised, I believe, uh, about $1.3 So they do have some substance. Um, they are talking about share prices that you can buy into. They have over 25,000 reservations the last time I looked at them. So there is something behind them. Okay. Well, that's, uh, you know, as you said at the beginning, um, it's a space that is lucrative. It's, it's a big volume space, the pickup truck world. Um, and it seems in North America that, that it's going to be sooner rather than later until people can buy these all electric pickups. Absolutely. For sure. So your final thoughts on this discussion, Ken, on electric pickups? I mean, you're you're a, a real EV expert. Do you think about them a lot or are you still focused more on maybe passenger cars? Well, thank you for the expert nod. Uh, yes, I do think about them as well as passenger cars because I love to see electrification across the board, not only for consumers, but commercial as well, which is another topic. Um, I think it's great as we, you know, we said off the top, this is a very lucrative marketplace. So it really makes sense for the uh, the big the, all the major players and a, a lot of startups that want to get into it quicker than maybe building a small subcompact it's a it's a lucrative market if they can get into it and it's nice to see electrification there um, there's a ton of them out there just you know go to a Costco on any given day and you'll see SUVs and pickup trucks ruling the parking lot yeah interesting i just did a um, camping trip through the Kootenays out here in BC and i was struck by the fact that and we're, we're nowhere near full electrification or even the concept of it until pickups are part of it because they are everywhere, pulling trailers, working in the fields, just everywhere. And, you know, I think sometimes when we're living in the urban centers, you in Toronto, me in Vancouver, you, you kind of think that EV revolution is here, but there's a lot of there, it right now. It's kind of like a, um, you know, an urban, I won't say urban elite, but, but urban, a real urban commuter vehicle is still the EV. And until they kind of push into this kind of, um, work, work world, um, I don't think we're, we're, we're going to get there. Absolutely correct. I think the takeaway that we need to understand is that electric EVs, electric pickup trucks, SUVs for the most part can be really serious workhorses. They can get the job done. You can pull things in a farm field. You can drag stuff out of a ditch, whatever the use case is. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, there's tons of, of modified pickup trucks that are out there for all kinds of different commercial applications and small business applications. So there really is a, a, a it's an excellent market to go after to help electrify and lower greenhouse gas emissions. Excellent, Ken. Well, uh, our discussion today just, um, you know, Ooh, makes me realize, 
yeah, makes me realize why I always love to have you on because you uh, you know you. your stuff inside and out, and uh, you you always cover the bases. So um, really appreciate you coming on and your expertise. And uh, listeners out there, keep listening. In season four, we'll have Ken back. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, listeners can check me out at the EV Revolution Show on YouTube as well, and uh, I also have some podcasts. Easy to find. Excellent. Thanks again, Ken. Thank you. By my count, Canadians will have at least half a dozen all-electric pickup trucks to consider buying in less than two years' time. With Canada setting the ambitious goal of having all new vehicles sold by 2040 to be zero-emission vehicles, in other words, electrics, and with pickup trucks accounting for such a large part of Canada's annual new vehicle sales, it's only logical that pickup truck manufacturers need to get going in terms of electrification. And as you heard from my discussion with Ken, they are. That's it for this episode. Thanks to my guest, Ken Bokor, producer extraordinaire Darm Makwana, and you for joining me on another electrifying journey down the EV highway. We always welcome your comments and criticisms via email at pluggedin at postmedia.com. For your daily dose of automotive news, views, and reviews, be sure to check out driving.ca. And while you're online, be sure to check out Ken's YouTube channel, The EV Revolution Show. And finally, be sure to subscribe to Plugged In wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. That way you'll never miss an episode, and you'll also be able to listen to all the episodes from Seasons 1 and 2.